Have you ever felt paralyzed by fear and failure? As recovering perfectionists, we know exactly how that feels. Once we realize that success is impossible to achieve without failure and that fear will always be present, we broke through barriers in our lives and never looked back. That discovery turned into a true passion to share that knowledge with as many people as possible and to help you shake it up and make a change. I'm Rachel Roth. And I'm Christina Martinez. And this is The Shake Up. I have a very serious question for you. Ask me. Hit me with it. All right. Do you press the snooze button? Um, (laughs) I would love, love, love to tell you that I don't, but I definitely do. I do too. I I, like tell myself that I am absolutely not going to hit the snooze button. Mm -hmm. And then I do it every single morning. I press the snooze button every single morning until I downloaded an app that doesn't even let you snooze for people like you and I who have no accountability to ourselves. How does it not let you snooze? Like it just shuts off. It just keeps going. And it's like like, forever. It goes on forever, but you can turn it off by closing out the app or whatever. No. There's no way out, Rachel. So then, <laughs> so then once you get up, what do you then do to turn it off? Right oh, now. okay, okay, guys. Um, well, you have to, every morning, there's a there's a way you can choose it, and I have to do, like, a mind game where it shows me, like, three, like a, like a concentration game, like three different things, and I have to match it yeah. three times to turn my brain on. Fantastic. And that's how you turn the snooze off. So by that time, you're, you know, you got your one eye open, mm-hmm. and you're really dedicated, and you're like, oh, I'm already up. Wow. Yeah. You should probably download this. So you have to complete a little word, a little game. Yeah, a little game. I'm picturing Wordle, which takes me much, much longer <laughs> than a little. And I could never do that right when I wake up. Like, I, I got to give myself a minute. So it's not that complicated, no. I'm assuming. It's just like My a simple little something. My son, Henry, that's two, uh-huh. could totally accomplish. Oh, Henry. It's like okay. a, a memory game. Okay. Yeah. It's and called then Alarm that turns Me. It off. And that turns it off. And but then it you're ready activates to go. your brain. This is so interesting. Yeah. And they do say that if you activate your brain as soon as you wake up, that there's an opportunity for you to really seize the day instead of mm-hmm. just laying back down and then scrolling through the internet, which actually is more passive mm-hmm. and you're not, you're not getting your day, your day gone. Yeah. Yeah. I try to not, when I do finally get up and I stop hitting this snooze button. So I, I set my alarm for very, very early <laughs> and then I hit the snooze button multiple times. So I get up like not quite as early, but still early. I don't know if I really believe you. What? Like, I think that I need to hear from our first guest to find out for sure if if you're telling the truth, if you like how long you actually press the snooze button for. Because you feel like he would have some insight into my snooze patterns. I do. I, do. I think that Derek is actually the guy that sleeps next to you and he's mm. going to be the one to tell us the truth. Now, you have a lot of integrity, but Derek here might just be a little more biased. All right. Let's, so- let's introduce our first guest, Derek Roth, my husband. That's right. Yes. Excited to be here. Derek. And excited to talk about your integrity when it comes to snoozing. Uh-huh. <laughs> let's let's dive in. Let's dive into these super important topics. Hard-hitting questions. Mm-hmm. That's right. To start. What what would you say is my snooze pattern in the morning? Why don't you describe it? Wildly inconsistent. <laughs> And inconsiderate. And, 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 and absolutely inconsiderate. Highly inconsiderate. So Rachel's like the morning person, yet she's the snoozer. Mm-hmm. I'm the one that I'll, I'll stay up till midnight, till one in the morning if I didn't have anything. And 
she'll hit snooze at six o'clock or four thirty and have every <laughs> intention of getting up about an hour and a half later mm-hmm. and then have the audacity <laughs> to look at me and say, How'd you sleep? <laughs> well, babe, I just went to bed. <laughs> well, I slept great until your alarm went off. For fifteen minute increments. Two hours before my alarm went off. <laughs> And it, she's like, because she's three feet away, well, there's no way he heard that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but the first time it goes off, I I tuck it in real close next to me in bed. <laughs> it doesn't make a difference. Because I feel like, it? I feel, well, I muffle it, but I also feel like as soon as it goes off, it's going to wake me up. And so I hit the button, like, right away. No! Like, the minute that it stops, I just squeeze, like, the side of the phone, you know? Oh, yes. And so I keep my hand on the phone, and I'm sleeping, and then I squeeze it as soon as it goes off. <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, I squeezed it. I it's, guess now it turned off. I think I have nine more minutes. <laughs> I just should really take advantage of but my reflexes. <laughs> I, but I, so apparently, maybe I don't squeeze it as fast as I thought. Maybe Well, it no, takes I mean, me. if you heard it, to be able to squeeze it, somebody else heard it. In the same bed. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know. Just because you did it fast doesn't mean there was no sound. Got it! Yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. No. Oh, boy. But uh, fun fact, uh-huh. people that snooze are more prone to anxiety. Did oh, you know that? I actually did Seriously? That. Yeah, That's because, like a thing? Yeah, because, so much. Uh, gosh, I'm going to mess this up. But serotonin levels when you're sleeping, uh-huh. l- like the best thing for somebody that's an anxious person is right when they wake up, get up. That's why Ooh. I downloaded get up and get the Alarm Me app. Oh, look at that. I know. I right. Know. Um, All right. So okay, I've been shamed into no longer shaming. Yeah, well, you should download the app. Okay, you know what really screwed me up? What? And then we're going to move on. The time change screwed me up. I was on Rachel, a good... Rachel, that happened I, I, oh. three months ago. <laughs> no. What? what? Spring forward. That was like, what? March? <laughs> April? No. So it long was really, basically It was last July. November. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I cannot. I'm pretty sure that's the last time, by the way. I think they got rid of that finally. Oh, yeah. I don't think that they R. officially R. got... Did they really get rid of it? I, I, would right. I think so. I think, oh. I think uh, spring forward was the last one. You heard it here first. What excuse will you have next year? I will have no excuse whatsoever. (laughs) I feel like I was on a really good path, and I was waking up literally five thirty every single morning. That was when my alarm went off, and then the time change changed, so it fell back, Mm -hmm. and then it felt like four thirty, and I kept pushing it and pushing it, and since I broke my discipline, I have never been able to get it back. But you got you 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 really have shamed me into. Yeah, it's time. It's time it's to time. change your pattern. It's time and I will make no more excuses. You know what else I do? Before what? I go to bed, mm-hmm. I like say, what is my goal in the morning? How am I, like I set my intentions. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's short, it's brief. Yeah. It's so simple. But yeah. I'm like, this is the first thing I'm going to do in the morning, mm-hmm. which is usually get my babies out of bed. I move my alarm to mm. the other side of the room. That's really smart. Because otherwise, mama's not getting up. And then I, I have a really bad back because I'm 90. And so now I have to stretch in the mornings. And then they also say drink a full glass of water before you go for the coffee. But what about the fact that coffee is made up of primarily water? Rachel, no. Um. <laughs> so it is actually water that I'm drinking. It's just hot water. Hot hot beans. It's hot. Yep. It's hot bean water. <laughs> and so you know what? Nobody. I, that's fine. Maybe I can only. I'm going to only tackle one thing at a time. I'm going to stop hitting snooze. Okay, there you and go. then if you want me to tackle drinking water before coffee next, that's going to be it's going to be a big one, but I'll work on that okay. at a at a different 
juncture and in we life. encourage you to do the same thing mm. you need to enjoy your mornings in set intentions get your water before your coffee i know it's a novel idea mm. but i think it'll i think it'll change your your perspective in the mm-hmm. morning no i think you're right so if you haven't listened to the first episode of our podcast, Rachel shares her story and her business story about her how her and her husband, Derek, started their business together. But today, as you know, we have Derek here, and he's going to share with us his role. So Derek, what is your role? Tell, tell, us, tell us your story. So obviously, you know, my wife and I run a business together. I handle all of the coaching aspects of our business. So I'm a business coach, mm-hmm. and I'm lucky enough, and it's, I guess, it's just worked out this way. I've worked with predominantly women and I help them build and scale businesses. And it's funny because when you work predominantly with women, you realize it's a totally different ball game. Mm-hmm. Like they have for women. hundred oh, percent. Yes. For for women, it's a totally different ball game to build a business. And and look, we're all created equal, but the truth is in our society, women have so many different roles that they're always trying to manage, right? This is true. They're trying to be the best mom they can be. They're trying to be the, you know, they're trying to make sure that everything in the house is taken care of and all of the things that women deal with on a daily basis. And then you add, well, let's build and scale a business. Yeah. So you can imagine when you're coaching women, it's not just business coaching. Mm-hmm. It's not just sales strategy and it's not You're a life coach. Goal setting. Yeah. There are <laughs> a life coach, a little bit of a counselor. I also do want to add in that I'm I'm pretty sure he's trying to romance me with all these with all these talks. Oh, with all these words. So sweet. With all these words of like, oh women just have to wear so many hats. It's true. Well it is no. it is so true. Yes. But yes, I, I I that's really sweet of you to actually acknowledge that because it, it's true in our society sure. that we we want to accomplish a lot, but there's also a lot on our shoulders. And so for me, I'm like, Derek will, Derek will say to me in the afternoon, hey, do you want me to, do you want to finish this up and I'll take the boys, you know, to go grab dinner tonight or whatever? And I'm like, rot with guilt because I, I don't have <laughs> a home cooked meal ready for them, you know, steaming on the table and a table set with cloth napkins and like I mean literally right. that's like the and it and it does weigh on me because I want sure. to provide those things so uh it's it it is it is a constant balancing act and kind of a constant struggle with internal guilt of of never knowing if sure. you're doing enough you know and I don't think it's ever going to go away because I know my nature and there's people it, can be like don't do it and I'm like I'm going to still do it. it it doesn't go away but it's also one of the things that when I'm working with women it's so important for them to recognize those yeah, things for sure because it's also a crutch mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things that they say well I can't do this because of this oh a hundred percent I do right. that and so what is what is your tip to them when they are saying, I, I'm having so many balls up in the air, how, how do you recommend for them to balance those things so they can scale? The the thing with, and it's anybody, it doesn't matter if you're coaching women or not, sure. it's the more intentional you get mm-hmm. about what you're doing, the better you're gonna be at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> there's. have you ever heard that there's no such thing as a good multitasker? Oh, yes. Right? The, like. People that say that they're a good multitasker, I'm terrified of. 
because I'm like, <laughs> you're the person, like I always make the joke that you're running on a treadmill and you're expecting the scenery to change. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, I can't wait for my life to be different. I'm working this and I'm working that. And I'm like, no, you're running on a treadmill and expecting the scenery to change. Yeah, and jack of all trades too. I feel like when I was younger, I used to claim to be this amazing multitasker, but now yeah. I can't even text and talk to someone at the same time. I know. That just means I'm giving you my entire focus. 100% of that's, my that's attention. That's really good. Because yeah. I think that I would actually uh, still claim Ooh. to be a good multitasker. So I actually, No such thing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just rethink some things here. Thanks, you guys. I, uh, I feel like I'm going to just this probably an intervention. I'm gonna head out. And you guys just keep talking. I, apparently, I have some internal no. work to do. Oh, my gosh. No. But let's be honest, Rachel. You're you're the boss. Like, so, Derek, who, who is your boss? Yeah, Derek, who's your Who's your boss? Who's your um, boss? Just kidding. Depends on the day. That's right. <laughs> I think that uh, I think maybe uh, I'm the boss at the house. The boss, like I kind of set the tone for. Sure. Uh oh, mom's stressed. There's let's let's hey you guys, why don't we clean up toys? Sure. Or yeah. If my, I mean, it's just like any household. If yeah. if mom ain't happy, nobody happy. <laughs> yeah. So, seriously. You know, of course, when I'm, I think that's why we work together so well because we have such defined differences mm-hmm, on what yeah. we're doing that it works. And it is pretty crazy because I do feel like there is such a such an even split between our responsibilities, both sure. at work and at the house, because right. you do a ton at the house. I really feel like it's a pretty even All right, split. You guys are just loving on each other this we're, morning. We're just a modern household. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rachel. So, so not only do you do all the half the housework, right. but you also coach tens of thousands of people. Right. So, what do you think is the number one thing that is holding people back in accomplishing their their dreams and their goals? It's ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time. It's fear, doubt, uncertainty. Mm. <clears throat> people deal with I, I call it the gravity of average right and when I think of the gravity of average when you think of fear you think of doubt you think of uncertainty you think of all of the things that keep us from being who we are right mm-hmm. it acts like gravity it pulls you down to be an average version of yourself <clears throat> sorry and when you think about gravity right what does it do it's a strong force. In most people on this planet, like 99% of people, they're looking at what everybody else is doing. Yes. And they say, well, what am I supposed to be like? Sure. Or what am I supposed to do? And you fall into this rut of you wake up 10 years later and you say, wait, I'm not accomplishing anything that I wanted to accomplish. I'm accomplishing things that other people wanted me to accomplish. Or I'm not accomplishing anything. I'm, again, running on a treadmill, expecting the scenery to change. So I think Les Brown said it at an event we were at, and he said most people don't aim too high and hit, or they they don't aim too high and miss, they aim too low and hit. Mm. And I think that's what most people suffer from, is that they're scared to take risks on themselves. They're scared to bet on themselves so they play it safe Mm -hmm. like the problem with our brains is our brains are pathological liars Mm -hmm. lies to you every day 
tells you you're not pretty enough, you're not smart enough, you don't have the skills right. to do this. It told you that you're not ready to be a parent, even though nobody's ready to be a parent. It lies to you every day, and it keeps you from gambling on yourself. It, te- it keeps you from taking risks that could change your life. And the truth is, when we think of risk, we think of financial and things like that. The risk is not doing anything. So if you're listening right now, I think the question to ask yourself is, what are you afraid of? Like, what is that failure and fear that's looming over you? Because just sitting here talking to you, I can look back at before I started my business, and I know exactly what mine is. So I think that it's true. Once you identify that, and you just break through that barrier, and you you say, I'm not afraid to have X, Y, and Z happen. Like, am I, I was, I was like, oh, I don't have enough content to post on social media. So therefore I wasn't posting and I wasn't growing. So what is your fear and how can you break through that barrier? Right. And the women that you coach, do you find that, how, does it take them a while to come to this epiphany? Uh, is it something that you talk to them about? Absolutely. And everybody's different. Yeah. Everybody's different. And it usually takes time because the first thing they have to do is work on themselves because most people are not going to take a a gamble on themselves until they believe that they deserve it or they believe that what they're going to do is going to be effective, right? So it's walking them through that. And sometimes it's really easy in in my world. Sometimes they just need to hear it from somebody else that they can do it. Yes. Because they've been surrounded by people their whole life who told them that they can't do it. And a lot of times it's parents who love them to death. Yes. But they, they, parents want to play it safe for their kids because mm. they don't want them to ever get hurt. Mm-hmm. I always use the story, like, think about if you're a parent and you're giving your kid advice and they said, oh, mom, I'm, I'm really in love with this girl and I want to ask her to this dance. And you look at your son and say, I wouldn't ask that girl out. Because here's the deal. She could say no. And, and, and if she says no, it's going to break your heart. And it's going to stick with you forever. I wouldn't take that chance. Just play it safe. If you said that to somebody, I would expect Child Protective Services to you're come in. Like, yeah, you're a terrible parent. You're a terrible parent. Right? You're a terrible parent. But that's the kind of advice we give to ourselves every day. Mm-hmm. Oh, play it safe. Just play it safe. Just go do this. Go, you know. Go get your biweekly paycheck. Collect your money. And look, working in a career, there's nothing wrong with that. But Mm -hmm. if you're not passionate about it, you are going to wake up when you're 60 or 70, and you're going to have regrets. Mm -hmm. And the scariest thing is not taking risk. It's having regrets. I feel like now I'm in a position where I feel really passionate about my business and what I'm doing. Right. Do y'all feel the same way? Oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's really freeing. And most, I know that when I was in corporate America, I did not feel that way. I was not passionate. I liked it. It was good. I liked my people, but I was not passionate. Right. So I guess the second thing that we need to ask ourselves are, are you passionate about your current circumstances? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, you don't really have to ask anything else. No. We, so I'm curious change. what changed for you and in for you, Derek. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting because I'll tell you what changed for me is that when I am passionate about something and I'm pursuing something that I'm passionate about, mm-hmm. the amount of energy is is like a uh, it's like a fountain that like never ends. It's like the amount of energy that comes out of me is never ending. I go to bed excited and happy. I wake up excited and happy. 
And instead of having dread and almost like a heaviness on my heart and a heaviness on my soul Mm -hmm. because I'm doing something I'm not passionate about, instead I wake up really happy and excited. And that is – that that was the the biggest eye-opener for me that I can never allow myself to go back because not just for myself, but if I'm heavy and I feel sad and uninspired in life – what am I? What am I giving to my kids? What am right. I? Wh- how am I inspiring them in life? And I don't know. It that was a big change for me. Did you yes. feel that shift in yourself? Oh yeah. 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 You know, because every day you're you're going to work, you're in whatever you do, whether you're in corporate America or something else that is not fulfilling you. I think you're just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And so when you do decide to make that shift, you have the opportunity to say, okay. I'm changing my circumstances because I want something different for my life every single day, not just in 10 years, not just in, you know, 20 years to look back, but mm-hmm. every single day you wake up with a zeal for what you're doing. And, um, I mean, mine was pretty easy. I got, you know, laid off during COVID. I really right. didn't have a lot of options. I mean, other than going back and doing the same exact thing, which is truly the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. So I said, hey, I'm going to give it a shot. And that's when it shifted. You know, one one thing that's interesting, though, for, for anybody who does have a full-time job and they want out, but that was the situation I was in, is I desperately wanted out, but I didn't, I didn't have something that would just overnight replace my corporate income and allow me to walk away. And so what I have realized is that adding something into your life that you're passionate about, most people think, oh my gosh, I can't add something else because it's mm-hmm. going to spread me too thin. But what actually happens is that it lights a new fire and a new passion inside of you that brings you new energy and new excitement. So for somebody who feels kind of stuck Stuck. in a corner, stuck, and they can't get out, and what are they going to do? Finding something that brings you passion actually um, exponentially multiplies your energy like nothing I've ever seen. And I've seen it over and over and over and over again in women that we've coached where they are like, oh my gosh, I, I already work a full-time job. I, I mean, I'm thinking of one one woman in particular that I love, Katie, and she works a full-time job. She has multiple kids. She literally just had a baby and she is still pursuing building a business on the side right. because she wants the freedom to be with her family. And so, I mean, it gets me actually choked up and emotional when I talk about it because she People, that is just a perfect example of you find time for the things that you want to find time for. And when you tap into passion, it multiplies something inside of you. It doesn't make you spread more thin. It actually gives gives you you, fire. Yes, Yes. it does. So I would write down your passions because I think that if you can identify your passions, they don't even have to be business related. Right. You can write them all down and that might even steer you in, in the area that you want to focus on. Like right. I always loved interior design. Yeah. Am I an interior designer? No. Uh, I sell rugs. But at the same time, it all goes hand in hand. And that's yeah. how I was able to Oh, it does. And that. I would say that you do a lot more than just sell rugs. I mean, well, you I mean, are obviously. truly a consultant. You know, yes, I mean, ma'am. you Thank are. You. So yeah. Okay, Derek. Derek. Yes. Which I never call you Derek. I call you babe. Okay, babe. <laughs> um, I knew you in corporate America. Right. And th- I mean, that was, that was the only... Derek I knew until five years ago. So now that you are an entrepreneur and you've been out of kind of the the corporate world for five years, how would you say that your view of the world has changed now 
versus back then and even right when you get out because I will say it takes a little while to get used to it you know and Kevin we talked about that for you know on the last episode where it it takes you a minute to get used to not calling in calling in sick like when you don't go to work and you're like hey am I supposed to call a boss oh wait I don't have a boss anymore so now that you're like fully fully embracing you know the entrepreneur life and, and being your own boss how has your view of the world changed uh from from every perspective sure funny fact i was just thinking about the other day you don't have to hit do not disturb on your email anymore or like no the out of office reply oh yeah (laughs) you're always in office yeah haven't done that in years yeah no so it i was different from rachel because she knew she wanted to change i thought this is it that was it like you're gonna climb that corporate ladder i'm gonna climb that corporate ladder and i liked it and i thought i really loved it and then we get out and I compare it to if you grow up in a small town. Like when you grow up in a small town, and I'm talking a small town, and you don't ever leave that small town, and you have the same restaurant that you go to every Saturday night, and you have you know, all of the things that you know and are so familiar, and they feel comforting, right? And how many people get out of a small town and they never come back? Did they have a horrible childhood? No. But... They realized that there was so much more out there, and that's kind of my experience. It wasn't always easy, mm. but once you get a taste of building something on your own, mm. you don't want to build it for somebody else. You want to help people build, and you want to be a huge part of it. And that's, I mean, that's the biggest difference I see yeah. when people break from a mold of, working for somebody, being in corporate America, to actually building something on their own, those people tend to never want to go back. And there's a reason. And it's not just because they have their own time schedule now. Mm -hmm. Most of them are working harder than they ever worked in their entire life. Right. But they love it. So when I'm coaching people, I always, you know, I try to put that bug in their ear because they don't know the other side. They're still living in the small town. Yeah. Right? For sure. Yeah. And we didn't know the other side. Heck I mean, no. all we knew no. was was that small town, you know, kind of analogy. And, and, and it was great. And it was wonderful. But we did not know that, the, that, that we were capable of more. Of course. Both together and independently. Because we really, we really have developed independently of, of each other. We encourage each other. But, yeah. And, and I think it's important to know that you say, we didn't know we were capable of it. How would you know you were capable you of it? Right. And until you start testing your, until you, until you start testing your abilities and until you start getting uncomfortable, mm-hmm. you're never going to really know what you are capable of. Right. So that's, the, that's where it gets so exciting is you, you become proud of yourself in a way that you're like, hey, I figured this out. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing, and I figured it out. Mm-hmm. And and that's, I mean, you want to talk about, forget okay. about the snooze button. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, for like, real. Okay, yeah, that'll I, give you a pep in your step. I read this quote, and it was actually pretty profound, because this is this is what, what, the, what the switch was in my brain. We change our behavior when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of changing. Of course. Jim Townsend. So... It's like I the pain. Are you related? Of, I'm not related. It's my maiden name, but no, he's not my uncle. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, the pain of staying where I was was greater than the pain of putting myself out there. And I, I said it uh, before, but 
my desire to change my circumstances was bigger than my fear of failure. So I was willing to put myself out there and I was willing to fail because my desire to change what I was currently doing was bigger than that fear. And I think it's yeah. super important to say this, you can always go back. Yes. Hello, yeah. Yeah. you have all these skills yeah. that you've mastered for however long you've been in your job. Mm -hmm. And you, if, you, if you do, if it doesn't work out, if it this small thing is a failure, you can go back. Yeah. You can say, yeah, I tried this and be proud of it. And I learned this, this, and this, and then just go back to where wherever you Absolutely. want to. Hey, you both have said failure. <clears throat> I mean, that's yeah. we need to redefine what failure means. Oh. Because the most Preach. successful people on the planet all fail. fail way more than the average person. The mm. average person never fails. Because you take risks. They're getting A pluses in life and they're miserable. Mm. The, the people that are failing are continuously moving forward, learning from what we call failures. It, they call learning experiences. Mm -hmm. For sure. Let's rebrand that. <clears throat> yeah. Our failures don't be have to be a negative, for sure. Right. Learning opportunity. Yeah. Well, I love that. Uh, Derek, what do you think is the biggest piece of advice that you would give someone today if they wanted to change their circumstances? I mean, gosh, I read this quote the other day. And, and so the first step towards getting in, getting somewhere is deciding that you're not going to stay where you are. Like mm. that's, if you want to change your circumstance, the first thing you have to do is make a decision. Mm -hmm. make a full concerted decision that you are going to change your circumstances. And then you put together a plan that like Tony Robbins talks about all the time. It's massive directed concerted action on that one thing. And that's why I always say that running on a treadmill, you know, yeah. line, because if you get focused action on one thing and stay consistent, you are going to see a change. But what most people do is they talk themselves out, out of, of it. it. So I think it's also for some people, you might have to write it down. You might have to manifest, like you can't just manifest <clears throat> something in your brain and right. think, oh, it might happen. Like you have to create actionable steps. So I think the first step is create, like identifying what your passions are and then identifying how you will get there. Sure. Even though you might not know what that what is for yourself if you're getting into a business, you have to put it on a post-it, put it on your mirror and say, I'm going to do this. I allow myself to do these three things so that I can pursue my goals and my dreams. Right. And it's, this, it's the same thing. And people need to realize that, so I'll use golf references, I love golf. So <laughs> Brooks Kepka, Tiger Woods, they've all talked about when they play in majors, right? So th there's four big golf tournaments every year, the big ones. When they played in majors, they knew they weren't playing against the entire field. Mm. Even though they were, they knew that 75% of those guys were going to talk themselves out of it. They were going to make mistakes to blow it. And they were going to be succumbed by the pressure of that event. So they knew they really were stepping up to the tee box and had to beat maybe 10 guys mm -hmm. to win a major. Mm -hmm. In this world... If you are willing to get uncomfortable and build towards something that you want, you're not competing against everybody on the planet. You think you are, mm -hmm. but you're not. You're competing against 2%. Right. 2% of the planet. Because the other 98% are never going to start anything because of fear, doubt, mm -hmm. uncertainty. You're part of that 2% if you make that choice to set goals of what you want to accomplish and even take the first step towards it. Mm -hmm. 
the first step, you are in the top 2%. And so that should be empowering to people to say, hey, wait, I'm in the top 2 percentile. For sure. I'm going to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. So take that first step. Make sure that you give yourself enough confidence and don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to learn. Don't be afraid for opportunities to arise. Um, We have more to share in future episodes, and we thank you so much for listening. Um, Wherever you listen to podcasts, please um, give us a little subscribe and a review. You can follow us on theshakeup.podcast on Instagram. And if you'd like to learn more about our personal businesses, mine is palindrome underscore home, palindrome underscore home, and Rachel's is? Yes, at Rachel underscore R underscore Roth. There's a lot of R's in there. (laughs) I am not a pirate. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great day, everybody.